god. Hello, veterans of Joel's army. And new recruits. How's everybody doing today? Alrighty then. Shaka. Don't mind the snakes of Egypt or the frogs of Sodom. We're still a work in progress called the nations. And we're not going to judge you unrighteous. We're in love with your souls. We're going to cleanse you with righteous judgment. What's the righteous judgment that cleanses you? The word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder the soul from the spirit, the bones and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So what are the thoughts and intents of your heart? That's what's being judged. He don't even care how ugly it looks in the natural realm. I've been in deliverance ministry 19 years. We've probably cast every demon of hell out of America a thousand times. And they keep coming back seven times worse. Oh, I'm just messing with you. We've driven out a lot of snakes and frogs over the years though. And yeah, someone's got to do it, like the Pied Piper, just driving this crap into hell. Because you don't want hell in your body, you want heaven in your body. Your body is the temple of either the kingdom of hell or the kingdom of heaven. Problem is, is when you're religious, you think you have heaven in you, but you actually have hell in you. And that's the main deception worldwide. How can you say I'm offended by that? I thought I was full of heaven. I read the Bible. I do the stuff. All this crap. Older prodigal son syndrome, Luke 15. I've been out here slaving for you, Father, all these years, and you never even gave me a goat so I could have fun with my friends. <sighs> you hear it every day. It's not about being a worker. It's about being a drinker. It's about being a lover. His wine is his blood, the river of life called the Holy Spirit, sent from God. What are you drinking? Problem is, is when you got a religious spirit blocking your forehead, you don't even believe in God. You don't believe those scriptures. You don't talk about those scriptures. You don't read the Bible that much. You just stick to a program, stick to a plan. And you're stuck in rituals and rites like Freemason sorcerers. You're Masonic. You're witches and warlocks and you're fake Christianity. It's true. Witchcraft of Jezebel is external religion. Christianity is a fountain of life in you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Most Christians serve he who's in the world. Most Christians serve Satan out of ignorance, perishing for lack of knowledge. That's why their fruit is accuser of the brethren syndrome everywhere. Envy and strife. Comparisons. This pastor drives a Porsche. That pastor drives a Ford. My God, let's condemn the pastor that drives a Porsche because I'm so much more humble than him driving a Ford. You're a lying demon. <laughs> it's not about the natural realm. Jesus Christ, John chapter 6 says, the flesh or nature counts for nothing. Nothing! It's... Stardust, it's particles of space. You're fighting over space particles. I mean, that's how stupid it is. If you're smart, you'd 
lust after spiritual gifts. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Bible says lust. You're supposed to be lustful after the Spirit so that you don't lust after the flesh. Amen. <laughs> that's righteousness. That's holiness. Jesus Christ was so in love with His Father that He desired Him above all things. He was in love. If it be possible, take this cup from me. But not my will, yours be done. Having perfect vision, seeing the cross. Father, is there any other way? Okay, I don't care. I'm in love. I will do whatever the Father says. I will forsake my revivalist ministry. I got the whole world under my feet. I'm King of kings and Lord of lords. Not my will, yours be done. Could have been a trillionaire. Could have set up the kingdom of Israel, kicked out Rome, kicked out all the invaders. All my friends would have been kings and princes throughout the land, just like it's written in Psalms. <laughs> Fulfilling those scriptures in his first coming, that was his biggest temptation. But now they get fulfilled in his second coming. Ah, so you wanted to raise up a people that obey the Spirit, that love you inwardly and not ex externally. No whitewashed tombs. Fountains of glory. Fountains of life. Because he's judged the thoughts and intents of our heart with a righteous judgment, which is the cleansing of the washing of the water of the Word. If you are wicked in your heart, read the Word. Every human being is wicked in the heart. There's no such thing as a good person. You know, Luke 15, older prodigal son syndrome, I'm a good person. I'm a good one. I don't need to feast. Just the drug addicts and the crackheads like Brandon Barthrop need to feast. I've been a good Christian my whole life. I don't need to drink. I don't need to be drunk. I don't need that much blood. I don't need that much bread. I don't need the Bible. I don't need that much of the Spirit, that much anointing. Oh, you do. You do. It's not just for us crackheads. It's for everyone. It's for even the good people that are actually wicked. They're wicked in their hearts because they think they're better than others by their human goodness. That's called the seed of Cain, self-righteousness. That's the worst problem in the world. That's the whole problem in the world. Self-righteousness is, you could say, the only problem in the world. You take care of the goodness of humanity, which is being a whitewashed tomb. <laughs> You have a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You have never-ending revival. When you can reveal to the self-righteous their own internal wickedness and then give them a cup of cold water of the living water of life that springs from the throne of the Lamb in Zion that will work right through their spiritual stomach and wash their hearts clean and wash their minds clean from dead works, these people will be so washed that even the religious can enter the kingdom of heaven. Something you've almost never seen in the history of Christianity. The kingdom of heaven is the place of the glory cloud. The kingdom of heaven is the place of living in the bright cloud of God the Father on the mountain of transfiguration. What's the mountain of transfiguration? Jesus Christ himself in you, rising as chief of all the mountains in the last days. As it's written, Peter until the morning star rises in your heart and your day dawns by the prophetic word. What's the prophetic word? The word of life. The word that came from the throne of grace in you. Or you could call it the living waters because he is the voice of many waters. 
the voice of life. The seven spirits of God. Is it just for the mystics? Is it just for the apostles and prophets? It's for every Christian. Building you up in perfection. What is perfection? The number seven. The seven spirits of God. Why seven? Because it illuminates the eyes of your heart, which are seven. It opens the seven seals of your heart. It opens the seven seals of your soul. You have seven interior castles of your soul, one for each of the seven spirits of God, and it glorifies you internally perfectly, reversing the curse of the fall. That's why it's called a seven covenant or a perfect covenant in the Bible. Hebrews calls it a perfect new covenant of God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, and it flows from within your belly. John 7, 38, rivers, for those who believe. Problem is, is a lot of people don't believe. You got spirits of doubt, and you got spirits of unbelief. Those are demon spirits of the city of Egypt, of the underworld. You're afflicted of Satan, the religious devil. And like hundreds of millions of people are, but we're going there to set them free. Lazarus, four days dead symbolizing everyone mummified in the religious spirits of doubt and unbelief. Oh, but Lord, he's dead and he smells bad. I know. I'm going to let him decompose a little bit. Totally mummified. He's in there in the tomb, sealed. Jesus just sipping on his tea. He had already raised the girl from the dead, the 12-year-old, Talitha Kumi. He kicked out all the unbelievers out and prayed over her. His faith grew. He went to go see Lazarus, sipping on tea. I'm I'm going to have another Topo Chico, and I'm going to go there tomorrow. I'm not even going to mess with these people. These people, I know it's not about signs and wonders. The problem is my authority supersedes the religious system. It's not that they don't believe in me. It's that I'm sent from God, and they're doers of their own thing. It's about the system of Satan and the system of Christ, the kingdom versus man's system, Gog and Magog, church and synagogue. So Jesus just hung around, waited for him to decompose a little longer, then went and raised him from the dead. Lazarus, come forth, mummified, floating. He was bound head and toes. How are you going to walk if you're mummified? He was floating in the air. And they saw the resurrection. And the Pharisees were there, and they grumbled amongst themselves. And they said, and they went off to the Pharisees and the, the chief priests, to tell them that Jesus had raised Lazarus and they sought for a way to kill him because he was the Messiah. They were not interested in changing their hearts. They were not interested in repentance. They were interested in money and control because they were the sons of hell and not heaven. It's true. It's written in the Bible. You're dealing with the serpent seed line. You're dealing with the seed line of Cain in the religious system. Now, people can repent like Nicodemus coming to Jesus secretly at night. You're like, I'm seeking the Messiah. I actually want the kingdom. And I'm, I'm mummified in the system too. And I'm a religious Pharisee, but I want God. And there's like thousands and tens of thousands of people like that bound up in church buildings made by human hands, thinking that that's good. Good appearance and good knowledge because they haven't known anything better. Nicodemus didn't know about anything. There was no accountability there. There was no unrighteous judgment. God wasn't going to kill him. Jesus spoke to him in tender love, the mysteries of heaven. Nicodemus, let me tell you, you have to be born from above. You've been born of the earth, now be born of heaven. 
you are of the earthly kind, you must be of the heavenly kind. You have to be born of the spirit and of water. Why water? Because you have to stay saved. If you leave the living waters of the rivers of life that proceed out of the bellies of those who believe, you'll go into dry places and be seven times worse every time. And we've seen that hundreds of thousands of times. People leave the river and they go off into Egypt in captivity to religious demons that had a real reasonable thing that they were supposed to do. God told me to do this. God told me to build sand castles in Egypt. God told me to be a missionary to, you know, this city and we go there and get their head chopped off and die prematurely. God didn't tell you that. Demons told you that. God's not interested in making you a martyr. God's interested in raising you from the dead and making you wise. He's interested in Christian maturity. He's the father of spirits. But a lot of Christians are not willing to sacrifice their carnal mind because it's full of knowledge of good and they've paid like $200,000 to put all that death inside their brain with their seminary, cemetery educations. It's true. So they value that what they bought with money more than there's a free gift taught of God. It's a whole diabolical scheme. It's a diabolical system. God has always been a teacher for free. His name is the Holy Spirit. As it's written, they shall all be taught of God. So you have two different parties here of the living and the dead. Those who are taught of God and those who are taught of religious demons. They are the living and the dead. These are scriptures I'm quoting. They shall all be taught of God. Who's God? Christ. Where is he? Christ in you. The hope of realizing the glory. Well, if we don't realize the glory, we believe that Christ is out there and we serve the prince of the power of the air by ignorance. So we're coming out of the grave clothes of serving Satan, thinking Satan is Jesus Christ. It's true, worldwide. That's what causes the Great Awakening. Lazarus symbolizes the Great Awakening of Christians tearing off and burning off their grave clothes worldwide. So by faith we decree to every Christian spirit, Lazarus come forth and let them come forth and let the grave clothes be burnt off of them let everyone see the resurrection because he saved the best wine for last when Jesus rose from the dead he was like a drunken man it's true Mary didn't recognize him there's a prophecy about it in Proverbs like a strong man having risen after too much wine to drink it's the wine of the father's love Jesus was sealed in hell the bowls of Bashan gaped about him, it is written. Satan put him in the lowest place of hell called Tartarus illegally and buried him under all the dust of the earth. But he never sinned, so God raised him from the dead. And he was like a drunken man, like one who had too much wine to drink because of God's word, saying, Come forth. God the Father raised his son from the dead. He allowed him to be, to be killed so that Every single person that believes in Jesus who deserves that place in hell from their own sins could call upon His name and experience the grace of His resurrection. Raised from the dead while in the body. Philippians 3, verse 11. Read it in the Amplified Classic because it goes into the Greek perfectly and the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. It's time for you guys to know the Word. A lot of Christians don't know the Bible. I spend one, two, three, sometimes eight hours a day, every single day, reading the Bible. Because it's your sword. What are you going to fight lies with if you're not in the Word? You're constantly bombarded with demons lying to you in your brain. 
If you know the word, you'll have a sword of the Spirit, the word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, to divide the lies from the truth. You're at war. Satan is warring against your families. He's warring against your cities. He hates everyone. He wants to kill everyone. He hates even the sorcerers. He hates everyone. Satan is an angel of hate. So if you want to actually learn how to love like Christ loves, you need to have a gigantic sword of the Spirit and be well-educated in the Word. And how do you read the Word? In Greek or Hebrew? Smith Wigglesworth said, I don't read it in Greek or Hebrew. I read it in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I read it in the power of God, resurrection glory. I read it in the river of life. And where do you put it? Not into your brain. Are we carnal Christians? No, the brain is the flesh. We don't put it in the flesh. We put it in our spirit, hot bread, like gemstones of revelation from God right into our belly. It's a rich treasury of glory. Ephesians chapter 3, it is written. I didn't even know I had a rich treasury of glory. I know that's why you're so weak in Babylon and lorded over by fallen angels. Now realize the glory. Don't perish for lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of revelation. Put the word into your belly and get strong. I mean, can you be an overfed Christian? Can you be too strong on the bread and wine? All you're going to do is liberate the entire human race by your own feasting and fruitfulness. Feasting. He prepared a feast for them. There's not even one mention of Jesus Christ and his disciples fasting. Oh. Oh, these ones come only, only come out in prayer and fasting. None of the religious demon-possessed people love quoting that scripture. But they hadn't, been they hadn't been fasting at all. They'd been feasting the whole time that the Pharisees were calling them drunkards because God is a celebrational God and He was trying to get the religious filth out of their hearts. They were all beat themselves up, law of Moses Pharisees. You know, even His disciples who weren't Pharisees had that on their heads and were always manifesting religion on Jesus. And He said, are you still so dull? Over and over and over again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You still don't believe? You've been with me this long and you don't even know me? You still don't have any freedom in abundant life? How many times did he mention freedom? How many times did he say, it's who the sun sets free is free indeed? Is it about freedom in abundant life or is it about the slavery to the law and the letter of the law that kills or the spirit that gives life? Is the second Adam a life-giving spirit? Is the second Adam the river of life? Are we in hell in religious devils? It's time for the church to come out of hell into the river and realize I have a river of my own, which is your personal intimacy with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I can reach full spiritual stature. This is not just for the super mystics. This is for every Christian, high and low, rich and poor, strong and weak worldwide. Because we are a mighty army. We are the Christian race. And it is a race because we've been born of God's Spirit. <laughs> We're of the heavenly kind that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. Kingdom in Greek means royal race. And you think you're Irish, you think you're German, you think you're African, you think you're Asian. You're not. The flesh counts for nothing. You are spirit beings that have souls that live in bodies. God is a spirit. John 4, 24. And it's not Gnosticism. It's written. 
Jesus has flesh, but he's transfigured. He says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, because since he's transfigured, Mary, don't cling to me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. Don't touch me. Then he ascended to his father. Now touch him, because every time you touch him, the glory is imparted into you. Amen. <laughs> eat my flesh, drink my blood, so that his flesh and his blood can be your flesh and your blood. He's a real God, the living God, Jesus Christ. He wants you to be glorified in your hearts and minds. He wants you to be healed and delivered from the world and from demons. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his son so that everyone that believes in him could overcome the death and hell of Satan and his angels that are in the world. And if you don't believe in demons and death, you're about to. Because every single thing in everyone's hearts will be laid bare worldwide. The spirit world will become as real as the natural world as the fountains in the deep break up and burst forth through all hearts. In Peter, it talks about a time when the hearts are laid bare and the elements melt with fervent heat and the flames of the heavens dissolve. You are in that time right now. I tell you the truth. It's been 2,000 years. Jesus gave you his timeline. A day is as a thousand years. He was raised from the dead the third day. So we got what, zero to 1,000, 1,000 to 2,000, and we're in the year 2018. So we're in the third day. We're in the resurrection of all nations being raised from the dead by the fountains of the deep, the living waters. That's his blood sacrifice, and it's crystal clear. There's not one drop of lust in it, one drop of pride in it. All humanity is completely filthy apart from Him anyway, so don't even try to look good in front of others. Just have a drink and get washed. Have a drink and fall in love. When you're in love, you'll do anything. There's no assignment too hard. There's no task too difficult. When you drink His living waters, it's Him in you that does the works. Every day I've been doing this works. So we've done almost 10,000 videos, almost over 900 broadcasts in the last three years alone. But it's a labor of love. It's not work. Because we're raising the nations from the dead. Amen? There's good works prepared for you ahead of time that God has assignments for you to do. And it's all in dead raising. It's all in healing. Healing the nations, which is hearts. Don't try to heal them externally. You can't put band-aids on people. Just repent. Return to the river with all your heart. Start drinking the fountain of life, the springs of living waters, and you'll actually have unlimited anointing to help others and heal others. You'll set everyone you know free. Amen. And if you're not willing to be excommunicated, you can be a secret drinker like Nicodemus, but you're going to be made fun of by Jesus and his mighty men because it's kind of cowardly, because <laughs> we're excommunicated. Amen? You know Jesus was excommunicated. John the Baptist was excommunicated. His disciples were so far kicked out of the synagogue. What a joke. What a joke. He had left his family. Peter said, oh, We have left everything for you, Lord. And Jesus said, Hey, you have a hundredfold rewards in this life and in the one to come. Don't even worry about it. He went to Peter's house, healed his mom of his cold, had a runny nose, got up and she started cooking for him. And it's like, listen guys, I know you don't have any faith right now, but you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. 
Acts chapter 2, Peter received the Holy Spirit just like Jesus told him. He got up and it's like, that. now it's time to... All this crap and hell we had to suffer, this mistreatment by our own fellow Israelites for three and a half years following Jesus, and now we got the Holy Ghost. He preached fire. He preached fire. 3,000 were added unto them that day. Listen, we're not drunk as you suppose, but we're drunk. We're drunk on the Holy Ghost. Here, have a drink. They all drank. They believed in Jesus. 3,000 were added unto them that day. You know what the drunken glory is? It's the third heaven on earth. It's the new wine. It's Melchizedek's table. It's the new covenant. It's entering the kingdom by drinking his blood. It's the boldness of the line of Judah surging through you so strongly that you can't even lie to people. And you're so aggressive, people will question you. But then they realize, no, you're just possessed with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Just a normal Christian. Some of it doesn't have any other gods so that their confidence isn't stolen from them. <laughs> so they're not weak and timid and shy from offense. They've gotten over themselves and they know what's in other people and they know how to drive out snakes. They know how to heal the sick. They know how to raise the dead. And they preach the good news that Jesus is the living God and He's already overcome death and hell. And everyone who calls upon His name is raised up to where He is and experiences His glory. No more religion, you know, using His name in vain. You know what vanity is? When you say His name and there's no power. Jesus Christ! There's power in that. Amen. People will flinch and freak out. Be like, Did you stub your toe? Nah, there's just no vanity when I say his name. It's not in vain. When it's in vain, it's like how a Roman Catholic priest says it. Jesus Christ. That's using his name in vain because it's weak and powerless and there's no resurrection power in it. It's just this predictable ritual and rite using his name in vain. Some of you need to start swearing. Oh, what'd you say? Hallelujah. Or at least using his name with power. Jesus Christ. Amen. And get the demons out of your brain. Because you're not serving Jesus. Jesus was such a bad dude. He's a renegade. I, I mean, if you see what he did against the political leaders, the religious leaders, and the economic oppressors in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is no fight for social justice. I mean, it makes Martin Luther King look like nothing in contrast. He is the biggest renegade that's ever walked the earth. He's the most rebellious man who's ever been born. He told the devil and all the devil's systems to go to hell continuously. And you guys, everyone that follows him goes into heaven. And just everything else can go to hell. That's what he told Satan. Get stuffed and gagged and go to hell. That's what it says in the Greek if you studied out. Hallelujah. You shall have no other gods. Say to the storms, be quiet, gagged, made silent. Shut your mouth. He said that to the storms. There was, he was sleeping. This is a guy who had so much trust and confidence in Christ and God the Father, the Lord Christ, in the boat, sleeping in the storms, that when terrible things happened in the external realm, he never panicked. Oh, God, I can't do this one. But he was a man like us, so don't put him on a pedestal. You have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. He just had total dominion over creation. 
It's time for you to take dominion over creation. Subdue the earth is a commandment in the Bible. Why would creation have dominion over you unless you are lied to by demons and submitted to the fallen angels? Take your territory, take your ground, subdue your enemies, and rule over the earth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a commandment. Psalms 110. Sit at my right hand until all your enemies are a footstool for your feet. Your enemies, bride of Christ. Your enemies, sons of God. Sit with Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. Oh, that's a place reserved only for Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. That's a place reserved for every Christian. Revelation. Blessed is he who overcomes, for they will sit with me in my throne. King James Version. And they will dash the nations to pieces like pottery, which is all the externalism of identification with your flesh. I'm Irish. How dare you? My Christian culture. Oh, it's dying. Good. You need kingdom culture. May your Christian culture be thrown into the lake of fire. There's one kingdom. There's one heavenly city of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Enter the twelve gates by faith and become familiar with God since you're familiar with demons. Learn God's ways. Sacrifice your human ways. In the name of Jesus, be holy and set apart from Babylon the Great as your Father in heaven is holy. In the name of Jesus. We love you guys. Be blessed. Partner with Red Letter Ministries, redlettermin.com. Get the free glory schools. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.